turn to uh, James chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 4. James chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 4. We're going to kind of sink our teeth into both of those places tonight. So turn there, James 1 and uh, 1 John chapter 4. This past week, I believe it was on Sunday. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was Sunday. I strolled into Walmart to pick my family up a, co- a copy of the new Star Wars DVD. Special features included, of course. And um, I, I went in and I went all the way to the back to the area where they have the videos and the, and the CDs and all that stuff. And, um, and I'm looking for it. I'm looking up and down the aisles and I'm looking for it. And I'm like, where is it at? And then finally, I guess my eyes opened wide enough to where I saw this little, um, this little banner thing that says, Star Wars comes out on Tuesday. I was like, oh. I mean, literally, I bent over and gave out the, a sigh. You know, people were looking at me. But it's interesting because as I was, as I was bending over lamenting that I wasn't going to be able to watch Star Wars that night, I just took a quick glance to my left, and there was a person standing there with a shirt on, that kind of sounded funny. Well, it is Walmart. Um, <laughs> and on the back of their shirt, it says, if God does, uh, if, sorry, it didn't say that at all. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Right there on the back of the shirt, and the person was standing there looking at a DVD or something. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And I felt like the Lord spoke to my heart and said, that's your sermon in a sentence for this weekend. For those of you who've, who are regular as part of the family or you've been visiting, you know that I like to kind of sum up the whole sermon in one sentence. It helps us stay focused. And the Lord said, that's going to be your sermon in a sentence. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And I was like, Lord, I come up with my sermons in a sentence. You know, <laughs> you guys are laughing. That's kind of what I felt like the Lord did. <laughs> you think you do. If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And, and then the Lord reminded me of the, the two words that I believe he prophetically gave for Soma Church in 2016, and that is further, deeper. That he wants Soma Church and the members who make up Soma Church to go further with him and deeper in him. And that, by the way, that word, I, I don't know that I've ever seen our church embrace a prophetic word like that one. I mean, it is, it is, it's amazing. Um, there's this desire, there's this, um, you know, even desperation, maybe, if I could use that word here, for change, to see results in our lives, whether it be marriages or, or secret areas of sin in our life or maybe the areas of addiction or breakthrough or financial provision, whatever it is. Um, there's just a real embracing of that prophetic word. And I even thought about how right now there are people who are at conferences and have been to conferences this week and some ladies that are attending a conference somewhere and, and people that are signing up for mission trips and doing things that they've never done in order to be obedient to the Lord and going further and going deeper. A lot of people that are just fervently pursuing God intensely going after him and, and counting on him to take them further deeper. And, um, and I want you to listen to me. We can count on the Lord taking us further and deeper. But listen to me. You can also count on there being challenges 
along the way. If you're wanting to see some sort of change, you're wanting to see some sort of growth, you're wanting to see some sort of results in your life, you have to know that at some point you're going to face a challenge, a bigger challenge than what you bargained for, something that's hard enough to make you want to quit and walk away and give up on those results altogether. And whenever I, whenever I saw that on the back of that shirt, it was like this whole thought idea downloaded. In fact, there's this story that popped in my head. It's a, it's a true story. Um, 1989. In 1989, the, the Lindell High School coaches, this is where I went to high school, Melissa went to high school. This is my freshman year. In 1989, the Lindell High School coaches brought in this guy from Russia. And he was, a, he was like an athletic trainer that had developed these new methods of, um, of equipping and training high, you know, whatever, high-intensity athletes. Okay, and so the coaches had heard about it and all these methods, and, and it was weird stuff. And the coaches said, we're going to bring this guy in for a week, and we're going to take some of our um, high-profile athletes, and we are going to put them in there and see if we can get the results that we've heard about. Okay, well, it was my freshman year, and I was invited onto that team. I was a middle-distance runner, 800-mile, and I also ran the cross-country. Okay, so I was invited into this, along with a, a couple of seniors from Lindell, um, a guy named Stephen Shipley, and then another, he was a... Um, football player, quarterback, and a great basketball player. And then another guy you may have heard of called Patrick Mahomes. He was a baseball player for Lindell. Some of you may have heard him. He went on to play um, some big league ball, okay? Um, and so I was invited into that. And they also wanted to see what the results would be with a, um, an incredible soccer player. So Lindell didn't have soccer. And so they pulled in a soccer player from Lee, okay? And they invited this coach in for a week, basically, a, what would you call like a camp or a, um, whatever, for a week, and Lindell, uh, Tyler News heard about it, and so they came, and they were going to cover it. It was a really big deal, and it was exciting because the promise was these, um, these method, methods were going to produce results in these athletes that are already um, um, skilled or, or doing well, okay? And so it was really, really exciting, okay? So the first week on, on a Monday, we show up, and he's the Russian guy's there, and, and he's got his helpers, and they got all this weird stuff everywhere. And they start bringing us through these workouts. And you guys, I have never, at the time, I had never seen a more weird system of working out. Now, you look at the workout, you know, culture now, and it's like CrossFit and all kinds of weird, I mean, weird stuff. Um, it was, so now we can see this. We would look back at the things that I experienced in 1989 and be like, what's the big deal? But back in 1989, it was a big deal. All kinds of weird stuff. If I started trying to show you that stuff, you would just say, oh no, that's CrossFit or that's this. But back then it was new. And so TV camera people were there. We're doing these things. And honestly, I felt like an idiot. <laughs> it was so weird. The things that we were doing, it looked like a monkey doing weird stuff out on the football field and in the bleachers. And I'll tell you one thing that we did, and um, I, I did kind of think it was cool, but it did look kind of weird too, is they brought these um, pretty good-sized parachutes, okay? And they Velcroed them a belt to us, and they would have us run 50 yards, half the football field, as hard as we can. And as soon as we cross that 50-yard line, take that Velcro, rip it off. And what you would experience is this 
boom, this propulsion, you know, from their resistance being gone. And it was, a lot of it was resistance training and stuff like that. And it was kind of cool because you felt like the flash and you're like, all of a sudden, whoa, you know, it was really cool. But some, most of the stuff was really, really weird, but it was intense. It was hard. And we were doing those things. And listen, after the first day, we were so tired, exhausted. The next day I woke up, you guys, I promise you, I could not move. I mean, it was literally like everything, every, I mean, to breathe, it was just like this. And I thought, oh my God, we have four more days of this. My mom drives me up to the deal. I wasn't driving yet, I was a freshman. Drives me up to the deal, and, and right about the time I get out of the car, I see Steven, and I see Patrick getting out of the car, and the dude from Tyler, and they're all like this too. They're just like, you know, <laughs> trying to pull their leg. It was crazy. And we get down there and we start doing the workouts again. And literally, you know, you got to stretch. And just to, just to stretch a little bit felt like somebody was torturing you, you guys. It was terrible. And those other guys started complaining, like really bad. I probably too, did too, looking back. But they were complaining to the point of they literally said, we're not doing this. They were seniors. Maybe they thought they had some sort of something, some sort of swag. We ain't doing this, coach. We're out of here. You know, and they were great athletes and star athletes. And so maybe they thought they could say, we're not doing this. But they were literally wanting to quit. And so for me, I thought, we can't quit. You can't, we can't quit. This is what it takes. They promised us these results. I wanted to shave off this amount of time or whatever from my events that I ran. You can't quit. I remember even thinking of being a little sassy freshman to these big old huge seniors like, whoa, you know, uh, well, I probably won't say some of the things I said to them. But saying, you can't quit. We're not going to quit. This is what it takes. Remember what we said? If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. This is what it takes. Whatever the challenge is, you have to embrace it. This is is what it is. You have to embrace the challenge. Look real quick at um, at James chapter 1. I want to show you something. And let me, while you're turning there, let me just tell you that this is the scripture that popped into my head. And I thought this whole sermon is going to be so weird. And it kind of came out of the blue as I'm looking at the back of a shirt at Walmart. I'm thinking, Lord, are you sure? Three different times, listen to me, three different times the Lord confirmed James chapter 1. In three different ways, three different settings, he confirmed James chapter 1. So I want you to look at James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. James says, consider it all joy. It's interesting. That seems to be a word for tonight, doesn't it, class? Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you are encountering various trials. Okay. When you're encountering trials, notice it didn't say if you encounter trials, but when you encounter trials, when you encounter trials, you got to consider it joy. Another way of saying that is that you have to embrace it. Whatever the trial is that's standing before you as you're on your way towards the goals, the results that you're after, you have got to embrace that. You've got to consider it joy. Yes, it's painful. Yes, it's not something that you would have chosen along the way here, but it is part of it. And you've got to consider it joy. You've got to embrace it. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Now, I want to tell you something about this word trials real quick. Some of your translations may say temptations or something along those lines. This is not a diabolical suggestion, okay? 
It's not so much that, you know, when, when a demon jumps out and tries to ooga-booga you back into bed under your covers, then consider it joy. That's not what it's talking about. This is just talking about good old-fashioned, everyday challenges that come along with whatever territory of goals, results that you're after. Consider it joy when you, va- when you face, very, in fact, that word encounter means when you fall into, when it just so happens that you face a challenge, a trial, a great word that you could write to the side on that word is challenge. When you encounter various trials, you could write challenges. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, real quickly, grab your hand like this. Bear with me. And just, just say Endurance. This is endurance. This is the word for tonight, you guys. This is what we're going to ultimately hone in on. Do it one more time. Endurance. You could even kind of get that endurance. You know? Listen to what he says. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect Results. Now, you guys, listen. The results could be anything, and this could apply to anything from losing weight to learning how to give joyfully, cheerfully. Something really natural to something that would obviously be supernatural. You can apply that here. Let endurance have its perfect results. What is your goal? What is it that's on your heart to do? What is the results that you're after? The only thing that's going to make that thing come to pass if you is, is if you possess endurance. Now let's look at that word endurance real quick. I'm going to be geeky greeky really quick. And you can write this down if you want. The Greek word right there for endurance is the word, what is it? I forget how to pronounce it. It's weird. Hupomene. That's right. Hupomene. And here's what it really means. It means to remain under. And you got to listen to me. Let endurance have its perfect results. And the word endurance means, in that language, to remain under. It has the picture of someone under a heavy load... And resolutely, like for certain, staying there instead of trying to escape, trying to get out from under the weight. You guys understand what I'm saying? Endurance means staying under that heavy load. Remain under. Don't give up. In fact, if anything, press in. Because it's the pressing in that's going to cause the ability for you to produce results is what he's saying there. I read this. Hupomene does not describe. Hupomene, in your, um, in your translation, it might say, um, let patience Produces patience, let patience have its perfect work or results. It might even say endurance, or it could even say both of those, patient endurance. How many of it says that? Your patient endurance. Sometimes it'll say both of those words. Hupomene, patience, endurance, listen, does not describe a passive waiting, but an active endurance. It isn't so much the quality that helps you sit quietly in the doctor's waiting room, as much as it is the quality that helps you finish a marathon. Now listen, it should not surprise us that Paul is going back to some of the, the, um, the, the games 
athleticism. He's always talking about running in such a way as to win. Fight the good fight. We, we kind of talk about that a lot, I suppose. But that is this word. It is the quality. It is possessing. Let endurance. Let this quality in you. You've got to hear me. Let this quality inside of you produce that result. And that quality is, is I am someone who remains under whatever the challenge is. Whatever the goal is in your life, whatever. I'm the person that remains under. And because I remain under, what James is saying is that I will see the results that I'm after. Because I'm not giving up, I'm pressing in. There's a, uh, a marathon, actually he's a, what you would call a, um, an ultra marathon runner. His name's Dean Canarzis. And he says, he says this, run when you can. Walk if you have to. Crawl if you must. Just never give up. This is huge because somebody in this room, you are the reason why the Lord led me into Walmart to be disappointed about Star Wars. (laughs) To look over, thankful that someone had a shirt on, but read that sermon in a sentence that if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Run when you can. Walk if you have to. Crawl if you must. Just never give up. Remember the hupomene, the patient endurance, is that quality that helps you finish a marathon. Sometimes we think, I'm not going to do this if I don't win. You know what? Sometimes the goal is just to finish. How many of you ever have done a 5K or a 10K or something like that, and your only goal was to finish it one way or the other? Maybe it's to finish it walking, crawling, whatever it took. Or maybe your goal was to finish it to not stop jogging. And so even if you're like this, that's, some, that's classified as a jog. So you're good to go for, you know, 10K, 5K. But whatever, listen, the goal, listen, to finish, just don't give up. Don't give up. There's a Greek commentator, you know, when you're studying scripture sometimes, I like to um, read as much as I can just to kind of get, what, what are other people getting from this. And there's a Greek commentator, Oysterly. He said that the word patience, endurance, hupomene, describes, listen to me, the frame of mind which endures. He's basically saying this is possessing a frame of mind of endurance. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to back down. I'm going to remain under whatever the pressure is, whatever the situation is. I have something in mind. Again, in the natural, I mean, apply this to something in the natural. If you are trying to shed some weight, apply this. If you're trying to go further with God and deeper in him, then apply it. <laughs> if you're trying, if you're somebody that's trying to spend more time in the word, apply this. A few extra minutes in prayer every day, apply it. If you're wanting to be more faithful in that list that we gave last week of be here, live here, serve here, give here. A lot of people were challenged by that last week. You could smell it in the room. Y'all smell that? That's challenge. That's challenge. And some people may be like, I, I, I. listen, of course it's going to be a challenge on your road to, to go further, deeper, to serve more, to give more, to be here. More. Whatever. Whatever the challenge is. You don't give up. You remain under. Of course it's going to be challenging. If it weren't challenging, it wouldn't change you. 
right? It's the frame of mind which endures. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, do you not know that those who run in a race all run? All of them run. But only one receives the prize. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Some of your translation says run in such a way as to win. Now, there he's talking about winning, literally winning. But he's talking about a frame of mind. If you're going to do it, the frame of mind is is I'm not going to stop. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I remember being, again, being in track. I can remember I was a a mile runner and an 800, half mile, mile. Um, And... But I was considered middle distance, and then there's the distance guys that ran the mile and the two mile. And during track workouts, our, our coach, Coach Klein, would literally drive four miles from the field house, the track, and just drop us off, the distance and middle distance runners. Run back. And sometimes he would drive in his truck, and, you know, he'd be listening to Jerry Jeff Walker, you know. Anyway, we hated it. But he loved it, blaring Jerry Jeff. Listen, there might be 15 to 20 guys and girls out there running. And most of them are walking. Maybe they started out and they were, they were um, walking. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Why are you walking? This is, what, this is the training. Well, we shouldn't be walking, running four miles anyway. I'm only in the mile race. Yeah, but coach knows what he's doing. If he dropped us off four miles, he thinks there's something about four miles and running it hard that'll help us in the one mile or the two mile. It's just way more than we have to run. But it's, it's, that's what you do. It's necessary. That's the challenge. And people would be walking or jogging. And there were even people who would, and they would hitch a ride. And you would see them drive by, running and drive by. It's like, I never did that, ever. And there was a crew of, of guys that were like the top distance athletes. They did it. They did it. I never did it. I always gave it everything that I had. I pushed and I, until I, talk about needing breath in your lungs. I was sucking air. But I knew that doing that, facing that challenge was going to make me a better athlete. And you know what? When it came time to the track meet, Guess who came across the finish line first? These other guys? No. Could they have? Yes, because they actually were built more for the race than I was. But they didn't train hard. I trained hard. And I won. Every time. (laughs) And you know what? They would cry. Oh, you always win. It's because I take the workout, the challenge, seriously. So the next week, we go and dropped off four miles again. Guess who's still walking? Guess who's not? It's like, what do you think is going to happen when you walk? You stop. You give up. You're not going to get the results. Don't whine at me, senior star runners. Don't whine at me for not winning and make fun of me for winning, which is weird. Like, why are you, like, I'm winning. When you're not given what it takes. You push. You, rem- you don't give up. You, you press in. You go the distance. If you're going to run, run. It's a mindset. You guys hear what I'm saying? Now, let me tell you, I was out actually just running the other day. 
And uh, I've, I've always been really weird. I'm like, if I'm going to do this, it's going to have a purpose. I'm not just going to go out for a leisurely run. To me, that means nothing. I don't enjoy it. I enjoy the results. You guys know what I'm talking about? Right? You're like, actually, no. <laughs> I would have been hitchhiking. I went out for a run the other day, and any time I run, whether it's at the track or it's on the road, I always have my watch on. And I have these little points in my, in my route. If it's a track, then it's the starting line. And I start my watch, and I know if I'm on track to um, meet my time or beat my time. You guys understand what I'm saying? And so um, the other day, I came across um, the, the, my first little checkpoint. It was right around four and a half minutes or so down the road. And... Um, and normally, I'm at about four and a half minutes when I hit, there, hit it. But today, that day, I was at about 4.18. I was like, whoa, you know? And so I was, I was really excited about it. But about, I don't know, maybe 50 yards down the road, I started kind of feeling the fact that I was a little ahead. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, my gosh. And there was this moment where I almost talked myself out of going the distance. Well, I ran too fast. I started out too fast. I'm just going to walk and just call this one a... You guys know what I'm saying? And there's this thing in my mind going on. I thought, I know this is silly. This is me fighting with myself out on the middle of the road. But I didn't stop. I didn't stop. Instead, I said, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of the effort that I just put forth there and see if I can push it hard to the next checkpoint. And you know what? I got to the next checkpoint one minute faster. And then I rehashed it out. <laughs> well, maybe now I should stop. But I never stopped. And by the end of my run, I was about a minute and a half faster than I had ran it the previous time. Why are you bringing this up? Because it's a state of mind. It's a, it's a frame of mind which endures. I could shut down. I could have stopped. And you can think about you in your, in, in your areas or whatever and, and like how many times you just stop short. And yet the results were just on the other end of that checkpoint. Just on the other end of that mile marker. But you stopped short. And then complained about the lack of results or grieved it. The results are literally in the endurance. Now, I want to do something. I, I, want to, I want to go back to this word finish that we read a second ago, the quality that helps you finish a marathon. And, and I want to leave you with this tonight, a finisher's frame of mind. Can I do that? I want you to write these down. This is a finisher's frame of mind. I'm, I'm taking this from the faith, okay, walking and going further, deeper with God, and also... Like what I what is going through my head, I'm gonna to try to try to bring the two together when I go out for a run. Okay? You ready? Y'all gonna write this down, right? You're like, yeah, I'm gonna go run me a mile. <laughs> no, you won't. You won't. Okay. Um, let me give you a let me give you a verse to use as the framework, okay? Finisher's frame of mind, but here's the verse I want us to use as a framework. Okay, it's first John four. Remember, I told you to be there. First John 4, 4 says that you are from God and you have overcome them because 
Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. You ready? You can write it down. You can reference it later. Most of us know that. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Now, again, I'm going to relate this to running. Okay? And so in this idea of running, in this scripture, I want you to think of God is the goal. Okay? God is the goal. You are the runner. The world is the road. Okay? Think of it that way. If you want to write that down, you can. God is the goal. God is the, the reward, if you will. You are the runner, obviously, and the world is the road. The world and, and all that it encompasses, the evil of the day. And the, okay? The first thing that a finisher must have in his mind is this. God is greater than you think he is. Why don't you write this down? God is greater than you think he is. This is huge. God is greater than you think he is. In Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 24, he says, O Lord God, you have begun to show your servant your greatness in your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven and on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours? I love that. Lord, you have begun to show me. Always learn. He, what? He's way greater than you think he is. Now think about this in, in relation. We're talking about spiritual things at the moment. But on your, on your way to endure through, to stay up under, whatever the challenge is so that you can see the godly results, know this. In the midst of the challenge, God is greater than you think he is. Because we will rationalize ourselves just like I would out on the road. Well, maybe, uh, maybe. No, 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 no. No, no, no. He's greater than you think he is. And you know what? We usually, in the moment of facing the challenge, we will reason ourselves out or reason God's greatness away from him. No, 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 no. He is greater than you think he is, especially what you're thinking in the moment. <laughs> you guys hear what I'm saying? Some of you need to hear this because you are, you are thinking yourself to death. You are thinking yourself out of results. Oh, Lord, you have, you've begun to show me. And he's constantly showing. He's greater than you think he is. Psalm 96, 4, we've heard this. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. He is great and greater than you think he is. Jeremiah 10, verse 6 says this. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great and your name, uh, is, and great is your name, listen, in might. Now, these are, these are important verses. There's none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might or in strength. Again, God is greater than you think he is. He can get you through whatever this is. You want to escape the pressure, the weight, but God is saying you need to stay under the weight, even though you think it's going to crush you. I am pressed, but not crushed. Why? Because he has not abandoned us. You can go on and read, you know, read that verse. Uh, Genesis 15, 1, God's talking to Abraham and says, Abram, I am your shield. I love that. I, I, am, I am what makes this happen for you, what protects you, what sustains you. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. Think of it two, two ways. Not only is God greater than you think he is strength-wise, look at me. He is a greater reward than you think he is. Godliness is a greater reward than you think it is. 
And whenever you're in that moment of needing to press through and you're thinking about backing down instead, giving up, you need to remember that that reward is exceedingly great. The godliness, the righteousness, the the pleasure that we bring him when we do what is right. It's greater than we think it is, especially in the moment of challenge. The second thing is you are stronger than you think you are. Now, this is an important one to remember. When you are trying to push through the pain, stay under the weight of the challenge, you are stronger than you think you are. How many of you have experienced what I'm talking about? When you, are, when you get to that point and you think, I've got to stop right now, my lungs are burning, um, I'm applying again, again to, to running. By the way, on this other one, God is greater than you think he is. Uh, my wife and I both do this when we run. And I think she, she gives it everything she's got when she runs too. And there are times when we're running and we're on the road or we're on the track and you will see any, either one of us at any given time just praising God. Why? Because it hurts. <laughs> and if I don't praise him, I'm going to stop. You hear what I'm saying? It's your breath and my lungs. Pour out your praise. Why do you think they write lyrics like that? Because it's the praise that helps you push through the pain. That was really good. Write that down. Do you hear what I'm saying? Pour out your praise. Pour out your praise. I want to stop, but I'm not. Because God is greater than you think he is. The reward is and his strength. Okay, you are stronger than you think you are. Ephesians 2, Paul says, we are his, God's, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Are you telling me that I am his workmanship, I am created in Christ Jesus, and I don't have the strength that I need to endure? Are you kidding me? I have all the strength that I need. Job 33, 4, he says, that, he says the spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Now think about that. We're kind of incorporating it, you know, likening it to running. But we are the workmanship created by God in Christ Jesus for good works. And he has made me and he's put his breath in me. Any life that is existing, challenges or not, I'm existing and going through it with his breath in my lungs. Are you with me? This is really good, Right? Colossians 1.27, Paul says, Christ in you. Talks about Christ in you, the hope of glory. We, we talk about that verse all the time. Christ in you. Uh, then I'm strong enough. Christ in me, the hope of what? Glory. Glory is another great way of saying reward. That the results can be seen. Paul talks in 1 Corinthians 3 about, um, or 2 Corinthians 3 about um, moving from, growing from glory to glory. Going from glory to glory. Christ in me the hope of being able to go further, deeper. Romans 8, the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Then guess what? I'm stronger than I think I am. In any given moment, any given trial, any given challenge, I possess the ability to push through. I I just do. I'm stronger than I think I am. And it's the same when you're out on the road. You're running and there's that point where you're like, I mean, my muscles are burning, my lungs are actually burning, and I've been pushing it pretty hard, and it's like, I've got to stop. You guys know what I'm talking about? I gotta, I gotta stop. I have to stop, but then you don't. You don't. You fix your eyes on another tree down the road or mailbox or whatever, and, and you push through, and then what you realize is you catch what? 
a second wind. There's some people in this room that have never caught a second wind in the Lord. And I can't tell you what a second wind will do in your life. You know what it'll keep you from? Regret. Anytime I've ever stopped in a, in, a, in a workout or a race, massive regret later. Dude, it's just a workout. Yes, but I'm type A. Okay? It means a lot to me. <laughs> but seriously, I can remember stopping in a race one time. I've told this story, but stopping in a race one time because I had this pain. And one of the coaches said, push through it. He actually said something different, but push through that pain. <laughs> push through that pain. Oh, I did. And you know what? I won. <laughs> Why? Because I pushed through the pain in that moment, but I pushed through the pain here. So I was familiar with the process. You hearing me? You're stronger than you think you are. Just push through. Catch that second wind because once you do, and sometimes when I'm running, I will on purpose take the deepest breath that I can and hold it for about five to 10 steps. You know why? Because oxygen to your brain gives you strength. It helps you persevere. Really in that moment, all you're lacking is oxygen. Give yourself as much oxygen as you can. Now think about that in the spiritual. Really all you need is a little pneuma, a little breath of God, a little Holy Spirit. And so you pause or, or in the process you breathe it in deep. I mean, wow, these songs were perfect tonight, weren't they? In Ephesians 6, Paul says, finally, the last thing I want to tell you before I end this letter be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. But listen to what he says. He said, be strong. He doesn't say get strong. You are strong. He says, be strong. Why? Because you are strong. And we just read that. We're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. You are strong. So be strong. Says the same thing in Romans. The same, uh, no, 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 uh, Timothy, when he writes to Timothy. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong. Just do it. Push through. Be strong. 1 Corinthians 16, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, I love that, act like men, be strong. You're stronger than you think you are, but you won't know it until you be it. Does that make sense? Hopefully it did. The last one is this, and I want you to hear me because I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm saying. The world is weaker than you think it is. Now, when I say the world, I'm talking about the world system, what it pushes on us, and the one who is the power of the prince of the air, the enemy, the devil, a strong adversary. We know that he is. He's powerful, but he's weaker than you think he is. And I, I could give you all kinds of scriptures, but I, the two that I, um, a few that I wanted to show you is in John 12. Jesus says, now the judgment, the judgment is upon the world. And the ruler of this world is going to be cast out. I just want to let you know that, boys. This world that comes against you and the evil that comes along with it, did you know that I'm going to be casting it out soon? I'm, it's going to come under judgment. The ruler of this world will be cast out. Why? Because the one who can cast it out will cast it out. God is greater than you think he is. You're stronger than you think you are. And the world is weaker than you think it is. John 16, he says, in this world, you're going to have trouble. 
You're going to face challenges. This is Jesus' words. In this world, this is what he says, in this world, you're going to face challenges, trials. But then he says, but take heart. Be of good cheer, some of your translations say. Like, be of good cheer. Consider it joy. (laughs) Because I have overcome the world. The world has been overcome. Romans 8, Paul says, I'm convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights, nor depths, or any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And yet, in our mind, we think that, well, if I don't do this, if I don't succumb to that pressure, or if I don't do this, or if I don't do, are you kidding me? It's not as strong as you think it is. That pressure's not as strong. You're psyching yourself out. You ever heard of anybody, any athletes that psych themselves out? You guys know what I'm talking about? You're psyching yourself out. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Right? Because you are strong, 1 John 2, 14, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Why? Because the world and the evil one that rules it is weaker than you think he is. The way I was translating this in my mind as it relates to running is the distance and the terrain. Because when you just start out, you're going to go for a four-miler or a three-miler. For some of you, if you're going to go for a 10-footer, you know. Listen, it can be overwhelming Especially when you hit that threshold of pain and you want to stop and you know you have half a mile or a mile or two miles or three miles to go, then all of a sudden, the distance seems really strong, seems really hard. Or maybe it's the terrain. You're in there and you're already exhausted and you know you're about to come to that hill. You know that you're about to come to that particular challenge in the course. And you're contemplating shutting it down and not remaining under, not enduring. No, it's not as bad as you think it is. Back up. You're stronger than you think you are. Back up. He's greater than you think he is. You hear what I'm saying? Let's stand. In Hebrews 12, The writer says, I want you to listen to me. Just because I said stand up doesn't mean start checking. I literally think I saw somebody check their Facebook. (laughs) Unless you're going to be tweeting something I said. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I want you to listen to me. We're done, almost. But listen, Hebrews 12 says, And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Listen, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the reward. Okay, the result that we're after. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the reward, that great, exceedingly great reward, who is also the author and perfecter of our faith. For who? Listen to me. For the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus came to this earth with a goal with a result in mind. It was his father's idea. I believe he was in on it. He literally left his throne 
considered himself nothing, came as a servant, died, endured something, a death he didn't even deserve. Talk about remaining under the weight. Think about the Via Della Rosa. When he carried that cross all the way from the courts, all the way to the hill of Golgotha. And that's a, how many of you know that's a long way? I've been there. It's a long way. It's a long way. And he carried it. And we know at one point that the weight became so much that he had someone carry it for him. But just because he didn't carry that cross didn't mean that he didn't go to the cross. He went all the way to the cross. And we know that it was a challenge that he himself literally asked, "Uh, is there any other way? Yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus remained under the weight. Now listen to me. Guess what the result is? You and me and our salvation and our ability to endure with results in mind. There's no one here who, who um, can't say that the Lord hasn't provided with them for them the strength to endure. Again, thinking about this that song, uh, song we sung. It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath. We're not going to sing it again, but I want you to think about this because this week you are able to go home And some of you are literally at that threshold, at that point of pain where you're thinking about giving up on something. Maybe it's something in the natural, maybe it's something in the supernatural, but you're you're just there. Can I encourage you to look ahead and find a tree? Find a fence post. Find a light pole. Find a mailbox and try to get to that point. Say, I will make it to that point. I will get to that point. Take a deep breath. So all you need is a little more strength. Okay? Take a deep breath. In fact, let's close our eyes. Let's take a deep breath together. I mean, you can literally do it if you want. But just spiritually, I'm going to pray that the Lord would fill us, fill our lungs. One more time. Fill our lungs. Lord, would you fill our lungs tonight? Lord, whatever points of discouragement, whatever points of despair may be here in this room tonight, would you come and give us a second win? Would you fill us with your breath? It's your breath in our lungs. We pour out our praise, pour out our praise. Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up, Lord. And we want to thank you for your greatness in this room tonight. We praise you. You are filling our breath, filling our hearts, filling our life, filling our spiritual lungs with breath. breath. And so we pour out our praise. Pour out our praise. We say that you are good. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great and great is your name in might.
you are our shield and our exceedingly great reward. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Lord, begin to show your servant your greatness and your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do such works and mighty acts as yours. And Lord, that's how we want to end tonight. Whatever the list is, the challenges, the difficulties, we ask that you would do such a work, a mighty act in those areas. And we ask these things, we pray these things, and we believe that you are responding even now to these things because you love us. You love us. And Lord, we will consider it joy. We will embrace the challenges, the trials, the tribulations, the difficulties. We will remain under. We will possess the hupomene, that quality that helps us finish the race. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.